This episode contains some strong language and explicit content. We believe in free expression and open conversations, and sometimes that involves using words that might not be suitable for all ages. Tailored for the mature adult audience, we will pull no punches as we explore the intricacies of leading teams, managing conflicts, and fostering a culture of accountability in the workplace and in real life, too. Welcome to Fuck Around and Find Out, the no-nonsense, adult-oriented podcast series by The HR Lady that dives deep into the world of leadership, human resources, and the challenges of the modern workplace. If you're looking for candid conversations and a touch of humor, you're in the right place. Remember, in the world of leadership and HR, it's always better to be proactive than to, well, fuck around and find out. Hey, everybody, Wendy Sellers here, the HR lady. Today, we are having a conversation, um, and it's actually continuing from another episode from September 25th, 2023 with Donna Smith regarding the stereotype about black women aggression. And guess what, folks? It's racism, period. No excuses. Today, JC and I have a guest here, Nathan Hester. He was here to chat about um, an article and some insights on white privilege. Hey, Nathan, how you doing? Doing well, Wendy. How are you? Fantastic. Hey, tell our listeners about you, about yourself and your career. Oh, all righty. So I'm Nathan Hester. Uh, I currently uh, am a director in the public school system here in Durham. Uh, I started my career in Chapel Hill, uh, just down the the street from us here in North Carolina, and um, was a French teacher and administrator in that school district for 11 years. Um, so I've, I've, I'm winding up my career in education. I've uh, I've only got a few years left before I can uh, retire, which is awesome. Um, but, but yeah, but I've had you know I've had the opportunity along the way, of course, as good educators do to to learn and to to be a part of um, a lot of different professional development through my career. Um, and, you know, some of it in both Chapel Hill and Durham. Uh, but, yeah, I was a French teacher, school administrator, and now just working in a research and accountability department uh, in Durham. And that's sort of the, the nutshell. But I'm a, I'm a Durhamite here in Durham, love Durham, and um, and just grateful to be be here today. Well, thank you. We're grateful that you're here today. It sounds like you have a stressful job. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's uh, all good. I know when we were talking with uh, our, a previous guest about, you know, the stereotypes about black women aggression and you're, you're friends with her and you guys were chatting and, you know, that's kind of how we're here today about discussing how white privilege is real and that we uh, we as humans must understand it especially as business professionals, in order to help change it. And you sent us an article about, you know, white privilege, unpacking the invisible knapsack. Tell me about your thoughts on this and, you know, what can help our listeners just to educate themselves. Yeah, so it, the the article is, it sort of stems out of the a training that I did when I was in Chapel Hill. And, uh, the, the you know, again, a, as an educator, it's a training on, um, uh, basically was, is intended to be a strategy to deinstitutionalize racism and improve student achievement. And so, you know, initially I'm like, you know, dude, I'm, I'm a progressive, uh, progressive guy, blah, 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 very open-minded. And, um, you know, you know, I'll, I'll go to this. It'll be great. I can be helpful. And, uh, you know, so I go to the training and, um, 
uh, and, and the the idea of the training is 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 not just to it's not a sit and get, and it is not an intellectual you know kind of I'm I'm getting taught something above my level that I have to take and digest and so forth. They immediately get into making this a personal experience. And I think that's where it really starts is that um, even with my own mindset going in, particularly as a white man, um, uh, you know, going into that training, I just I kind of thought I knew it all. Um, right. And uh, and so getting into the training, they immediately dive into, you know, making this a personal experience where you have to kind of connect your own experience around race and understand your own experience around race or lack of experience around race. And, uh, and, and it was just very methodical in, in how we went through the training to sort of build our consciousness around race. And, uh, and, and in doing so, within the first day, we're sort of establishing these, these kind of guidelines to help us talk about race because it's not a comfortable conversation, right. but also to be able to be honest and speak our truth about um, our experiences. And so, uh, you know, towards the end of that first day, um, there's an activity that we did that that really was just a, a real powerful illustration of, of, of what white privilege is and, and how it plays out. Um, and it was based off of this, uh, this article by Peggy McIntosh. Um, and it, it really, it really hones in on the idea that, you know, racism and privilege is not something that is always this overt situation where you're just, you know, getting people shouting at you and all of this kind of stuff. Um, you know, I've, I've heard it described as the, the, the wearing down of the spirit, the day to day wearing down of the spirit. Um, and so this really kind of put a, a visual to that as well as we, as we answer the questions that you would find in that article in the survey. Um, as we answered those questions, you know, it became very clear that, um, when you take and kind of total up all your points, right? Yeah. When you answer those questions on sort of a scale, um, my experience um, as a white man was very different than my colleagues. And right next to me is a person of color. And, um, and you know, and in the end, you know, we raise our hand, you know, how many of us have advanced degrees? All of us are raising our hands. And so, like, there are things that um, that we're all doing, capable of doing and achieving. Um, but you look around at the day-to-day experience of other people, and it was like, it was mind-blowing to me. Um, and so this whole process is was one to to build consciousness around race and to understand the pervasiveness of institutionalized racism versus the overt. We, you know, hear about crazy stuff happening in, in politics or in the, in the world. And, um, you know, these big events that occur that are, that are out there, but this is just more day to day wearing down of the spirit stuff. And I had no idea that, that sometimes being silent um, is, is actually contributing and, and sort of, you know, em- embracing that white privilege without even knowing it. So, so that's where the, the the short version of kind of where that this article was born out of. Yeah, and the one thing I wanted to say about this article, you, you mentioned who it was by Peggy McIntosh. Uh, for our listeners, the name of the article is White Privilege, Unpacking the Invisible Knapsack. And here's the thing that blows my mind. This came out in 1989. And not a heck of a lot has changed. So I'm going to, you know, I highlighted some of the article here and I was reading and I did the same thing. I was like, oh my, this is mind blowing. And I'm white, JC's white, you're white, and we have privilege. And if we don't admit that, we're not doing uh, the world any kind of, um, you know, service here. So uh, the other thing I wanted to, I wanted to start quote, what would it started out with saying? It said, I often notice men's unwillingness to grant that they are overprivileged, even though they may grant that women are disadvantaged. 
They may say that they want to work to improve women's status in the society, the university, so on and so forth, but they can't or won't support the idea of lessening men's. And I think that the rest mm-hmm. of the article actually goes in to say it's the same thing with the, you know, yeah. with the, with the black white issue. It's the same exact yeah. thing. Like, okay, yeah, 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 we're aware, but we're not going to actually say anything and do anything about it. Like, mind blowing. Yeah. Mind yeah. blowing. Yeah. And, and the article was actually, from what I understand also started out as a gender focused, right? It was, it was really focused primarily on, um, those, those disparities between uh, men and women. And then it, it sort of just snowballed into also being able to, uh, see how this was, um, playing out with race as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so JC, you have anything you want to add right now? So we've got a quote here uh, from the article that was shared. It states, quote, white privilege is like a invisible weightless knapsack of special provisions, maps, passports, code books, visas, clothes, tools, and blank checks. Describing white privilege makes one newly accountable, end quote. It really does. It's just it's mind blowing again that we just don't realize what we what we have isn't that in a song? I'm sure it's a country music song, but you know, we don't know what we got, right? And then other people have to point it out. So I think it's amazing, Nathan, that you were at a training with, um, diversity in the room and sitting right next to people who you thought you knew and you yeah. thought you knew well that you're going, whoa, we we're having two different experiences here. So for me, I'm just going to be very blunt and I and everyone else needs to shut up and listen. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was, it was interesting at the, at the, at the, so you go through this experience. I had this amazing experience at the, at the, the end of the first day, there'd been this one little caveat. We were doing an activity where I, I made a comment and didn't get, you know, I, I kind of got pushed back a little bit of pushback from the facilitator on it. And the next morning, I just stood over it all night, all night, all night. And um, the next morning we do this, this reflection of like day one and kind of what it meant to us and how it may have changed our, our, you know, you know, changed our insights or thoughts and understandings. And I'm listening to after you sit and write for a while, people just voluntarily share out. And I just wrote about how it was misunderstood, all of this stuff, like all of these things. And you just didn't listen to me. And um, that was, that was my reflection on the next day, missed all of the other stuff that was amazing and focused on that listening to these people then share like how profoundly touched and changed they were in one day and i'm like i missed something pretty big and so at the end the guy's like you know yeah just share at your table if you didn't share aloud or whatever and i i, I was too embarrassed i wouldn't do it so he actually tapped me on the shoulder and just uh, it came over and you know talked to me and i just broke down because i realized that there was something big i was missing and he said nathan it had, it had to do with a comment i made about where i could afford to live or where i could live and uh, he's like, Nathan, I don't, I, I said I couldn't afford to live in Chapel Hill, which is not true. It's just, I had choices about where I might be able to live, whereas other people may not have. Right. And um, he said, Nathan, I don't care where you live. He said, but you felt for 24 hours, not even 24 hours, exactly how I as a black man feel every day. And oh. every time I move and go out to look for a, you know, for a new house, and he lives, lives in California, you know, this is my experience every day. I have to prepare myself every day for what people are going to make assumptions about with me that they're not going to do with you. They're going to take you to certain places. They're not going to take me. And, and it just, you know, I was, I was, that, that was a sort of a jumping off point for me where I was like, Oh, 
now on the, that that consciousness was growing the 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 lens was being put on to where i could understand and see how privilege was playing out in my life in a real tangible way yeah it really is in this article that we were referring to there's a, a bunch of questions i think there's like 26 questions that um you're encouraged to ask yourself and depending on how you answer means if you're basically have privilege or not specifically white privilege. So I'm just going to go ahead and, and, um, uh, state a few, few of them. I mean, I personally went through all of them and I was like, Oh, a, a punch in the gut every single time. Um, I can be pretty sure that my neighbors in such a location will be neutral or pleasant to me. Ugh. Can you say yes or no? And is it based on your skin color? Um, which the answer probably is, you know, yes, that it is based on my skin color. Um, if I should need to move, like you just mentioned, Nathan, mm-hmm. I can be pretty sure of renting or purchasing housing in an area of which I can afford and in which I want to live. Two different qu- questions, right? You know, not, not only what I want to, um, you know, where I want to live, but can I afford there? And do I actually want to live there because of my safety? Uh, n- another few questions that I saw here are things. Uh, there was one about here it is. I can arrange to protect my children most of the time from people who might not like them. Oh, so, so, so difficult. I really encourage everybody who's listening. Um, I will make sure that the uh, the name of the article is in the explanation of this podcast. So you can go and just Google it yourself and find the article for yourself. Again, it's from 1989. And damn it, things have not freaking change and that really pisses me off really pisses me off jc you got anything else you want to add i do have a stat here for you Uh, it's white socialist activist peggy mcintosh popularized that phrase white privilege and claimed that anyone who thinks black privilege exists are whiners that's from cnn in 2016 back to you yeah so i'm glad to see she's she's still she was still fighting you know fighting for everything it's so important you know one of the reasons i uh i'm doing this series is again because we all just need to do better as humans um and we need to definitely do better um as white privileged humans whether you're the nicest person in the world or Mm -hmm. the biggest asshole you know you are privileged and that's all there is to and and, and it's because of nothing that you've done except been born with white skin and so we really need to you know take a step back and and listen to people around us and like i said earlier sometimes that just means shut up and listen and then go back and say all right am i part of the problem and if i am how do i change that and how can i get anyone else to change that with that said nathan thank you so much for being here any final words for our listeners uh, I would just say just sort of ta- tagging along to what you just were, were finishing with, you know, the, the, the key is as you increase your consciousness about the impact of race is then you've got to do something about it. And as you've got to take some action behind it. It's great to, to listen, to, to hear, to learn, but it then becomes what are you going to do with it? And you don't have to start in like grandiose big pictures. Just think about what you can do locally immediately in your own like like your work environment, your home environment. What are ways you can you can work to deinstitutionalize racism or leverage your privilege in a different way um, to be useful and supportive to others? But yeah, definitely definitely get out there and take action. Thanks for joining us. Take care, everybody, and remember that we're all in this world together. So please do not fuck around and find out.